showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. There you go. This game is going on. He's feeling it, and you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, awesome baby with a cap of the line. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. Hour number two on this thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Ballpark Frank with me. Numbchuck on the other side of the glass. We're hitting it all for you here today. NBA Finals, a parade in Milwaukee. Yes, 100,000 plus. Gallivan, having a good time. Yeah, I don't think you should hate the Bucks at all. I think you got to realize. I don't hate the Bucks. I told you I don't hate I know, the Bucks. I know, but you just said earlier last hour, well, you were kind of on the fence because. No, no, because I, I hate another team up yeah. there, and the, the fans, so it's, it's the same fan base. So, yeah. you know, if they got a little rain on their parade, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And what's a parade in Milwaukee look like? Is it all like snowmobiles and John Deere tractors? Stop it! It's 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 July, man. Maskin. It, oh, oh, so it's all Harleys. It's a, it, it, a lot it's of Harleys. Like, yeah. Yeah. Harley, okay. Harley so Davidson, like right like down the street. Parade. Yeah. Oh, right, that's cool. I think it's buses. No, it's buses. We saw Giannis on the bus today. The NBA kind of has their routine thing with the buses. They do buses, but you know, again, like old school Milwaukee, they may have some uh, flowery type of. Floats and that sort of thing as well, too. What flower would they use in Wisconsin? Uh, sunflower. Sunflower? Oh. <laughs> I, th- I thought it would be a cheese lot, flower. I thought it would be a lot of sodden corn yeah, or something yeah. like that. It could, so. could, could be as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheese, my friend. Cheese. There you go. I'd like to buy some cheese. Not much of a cheese shop, is it? All right. Let's bring in our sharpshooting point guard. He does it all, ladies and gentlemen, except one thing. He did not prognosticate properly. He said we're going to have a Game 7. We're going to have him on today to start hyping the Game 7. B.J. Armstrong, give up the funk. There's no Game 7, brother. (laughs) Hey, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know what? Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. And, um, you know, that was a great game. I mean, Giannis was phenomenal. And uh, that was a tough game. And you can see you need an exceptional, exceptional player to have an exceptional game. And that was perhaps one of the greatest closeout games I've seen. And it was terrific, fabulous, however you want to describe it. And uh, we're not right now. We are currently in the Giannis era because this young man here looks like he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for many years to come. When you look at Giannis and the development, just not the body development when he was like 180 pounds when he came out of Greece, and now you look at him at chiseled 245, and you look at the way his game has developed, but how about the person of Giannis and seeing this guy, how humble he is, even though he got a super max deal, and a guy that is loyal to his community and this team and this franchise, he is one of the rare guys, isn't he, BJ? Yeah, he, he, he really is. And his ability to, to reflect and his comments have been so, like, thoughtful. You know, I'm, I'm just impressed about how thoughtful his comments were um, about 
you know, him achieving what he's achieved individually. B.J. Armstrong joins us, a three-time NBA champion. Every time we have a finals champion, the question gets asked, like, okay, is this a team that could turn into, like, a dynasty situation? And especially when you look at the Bucks and their depth of talent, and for the most part, it looks like they're going to keep a majority of these guys. When you look at Milwaukee, do you look at this like as maybe a one-off, or do you look at it that they can maybe be, maybe not be like your Chicago Bulls teams, but maybe like the Golden State Warriors where they had that dominant run for you know a, a five- or six-year run, and even though they didn't win championships all those years, but are, are getting to the finals. How do you view this Bucks team going forward? Well, without question right now, they have the best player. Okay, so let's start there. You know, Giannis was without question now, he is the best player in the NBA on both sides of the ball, right? He's scoring 40, 50 points in an era where we say this is the three ball and small ball era. This young man is scoring 50 points in a closeout game without a consistent jump shot, let alone a three-point shot. If he had a consistent jump shot, these may be 60, 70-point games an 80-point game if he had a three-ball to go with it. So without question, they have a closer. So let's start there. Now, you need health. You need a little luck. You need a few bounces to go your way. And you have to keep adding to your team because the other teams are going to close the gap, right? Most of the teams now are looking at them as the team to beat, and they're going to start building teams around them or building teams or rosters that can compete and, and and try to target what it is they don't do well. So I don't think they will have a problem with complacency, but I do think the other teams around the league feel that they will be able to compete with them and compete at the highest level. I mean, this team has been down 0-2 in, a, in two, not one series, but two series in this year's playoffs. So at some point, that's going to catch up with you. And um, But do I think they can compete for championships? Absolutely. Now, winning a championship, you know, you, you, you know what you're saying is Jordan. Jordan goes six for six. Well, that, that's tough. That's difficult. But I do think they have a player who will always put them in position. Now, will the other players continue to step up? Will the organization put in the right pieces, health, so forth and so on? Those are things um, that you, you, need to, you need to go on the way. But I, I think they will be right there, for, like I said, for, for many years to come or as long as Giannis can be healthy and uh, continue to go out there and perform. When it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks now, we know that in the past some people haven't wanted to go to a place like Milwaukee. It's a smaller town. Some people think maybe there's not as much to do there. With the success of this team and with a guy like Giannis staying there, does it make it more possible and more attractive for potential free agents to go, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll head up to Milwaukee now, and we got a great player already, they got a nice system, they've won a championship, I'll give Milwaukee a try and go up there because I want to win rings. And they got good food, BJ, you know that, they got good food in Milwaukee, come well, on. You know, I, I, I always laugh to myself, I always laugh to myself when guys, you know, start reporting, you know, destinations you know it's, i think the real destination is the media right the the media would rather be in south beach the media would rather be in la or chicago or new york you know guys are playing basketball and look when you play it's not like you're enjoying that city you're like you have the same routine you you you, you land you get on the bus 
you go to your hotel, you go to practice, get your nap, get your room service, whatever it is, and you go to the game. But for those of us who have to stay there and stay overnight because the players aren't staying there overnight, they get on the, the plane, immediately follow the game, and move out to the next destination, it's more fun to go to those cities. So I think if winning is a priority, you do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. Right? If I got to go to Milwaukee to win five championships in a row, that seems like a pretty good deal to me. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm not buying that one. I just think now Giannis has emerged. So I think players who want to win and who are serious about winning, who understand the concept of team and and all of those things, will navigate to Milwaukee. And um, there's good food up there. I, I've been up there and spent a lot of time in Milwaukee. It's a great city. And um, it, it's great. I mean, you can see the excitement with the fans, the city, uh, the state, and um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a great place. You know, I understand what you're saying when you're talking about the media, and the media makes a, a lot about that, you know, warm weather cities and this and that. But we have, you know, heard players, you know, talk about that. And, and certain things are important to certain players, whether it's the nightlife and that sort of thing. Maybe not you and some other people, but there, there's a fraction of people that that is important to. And I guess case in point is, then how come we don't hear you know, uh, many free agents going to places like cold-weather cities like Milwaukee and in Minnesota, at least the superstars players? We always hear them say, hey, uh, you know, I love to go to warm-weather city. We saw LeBron James say he wanted to go to L.A. before his movie business and you know, have his kids go to school out there, the AU programs and all that other kind of nonsense. I mean, it, it does kind of seem like it's media-driven, but I think we get that because we've seen – you know, stars say, I don't want to go there, and look where they end up. And that goes way back to in time, too, because I think recently Kareem Jabbar said that the reason that he survived in Milwaukee as long as he did was because Chicago was only like 90 miles away, That he, because he was from New York in high school, went to Los Angeles in college, and that he said he needed that big city. So even way back in those days, Kareem admitted that, uh, you know, he liked playing for the Bucks and that, but Chicago was kind of a saving grace for doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, I look, there's different strokes for different folks. Right. And there isn't a right or wrong here. But I, I, I think when you're talking about winning the championship, it's not like there are a lot of champions. It's not like every organization is winning. There's a reason why the teams that do win, win. And there's a team that the teams that don't win, win, right? You know, when you start looking around, there aren't a lot of franchises, <laughs> okay? You know, it's just great now that Milwaukee suddenly has emerged you know, two championships in the last, what, 50 years. So, you know, when you look at it, you start looking around. You know, you, you have the Celtics. You have the Lakers. You got the Bulls. You got the Rockets. You know, have a few in there. The Pistons. So, you know, there aren't a lot, you know. But if I have to go to San Antonio to win, I do what I got to do. And, and it's, when it's all said and done, and I think you saw it with Cleveland, when LeBron went back there, players will come if they have an opportunity to win. Right. B.J. Yeah, Armstrong it, 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 joins yes, us. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you, have, you know something about parades. All right. So uh, give us a, a, little, a couple parade stories. I know you went through at least three of them. We got the Bucks doing their parade here in Milwaukee today. Is that one of these, th- those times that uh, 
you know, the first time you were kind of like, hey, this is pretty cool. Did it ever get redundant? Or give us a couple parade thoughts and stories. Well, for us, it was you didn't know what to expect. You know, your very first championship, you didn't know what to expect. But I remember, you know, one of the coaches telling me who who shared with me, he said, you know what? you don't want to look back on this and be embarrassed. <laughs> he was like, just, you don't know what the next 30, 40, 50 years has in store for you, but you don't want to look back on this moment and be embarrassed. And I, I took that into, uh, I took that into account, whatever I said, whatever I did, because it's, uh, it's so exciting. You get caught up in it. And I was watching the guys today and I thought, Ooh, probably in, 10 or 15 years, he's going to go like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know? You don't want to so, be the guy from the Lakers dancing on the float that people talk about yeah, forever. You don't want to be the guy <laughs> dancing who probably shouldn't be dancing. You don't want to be the guy who's drinking and you shouldn't be drinking. And uh, you certainly don't want to be the guy who's overserved doing the parade. Yeah, and, so, we, uh, and we saw that in, in with the Warriors a, a few years back, if you remember. I think it was JaVel McGee, and then it was uh, you know a couple other guys had their shirts off. They were rolling the crowd with uh, the alcohol bottles in a brown bag and that sort of thing. I mean, <laughs> pants down and everything. And you're going, you're going like, what? Seriously? Like you said, great point, BJ. I mean, what's that guy going to be thinking, you know, 30, 40 years down the road? Yeah, yeah. You just want to, you know, you want to kind of get through it, celebrate, be low-key. But uh, I I remember him telling me that before the parade started and uh, a a great piece of advice. All right. And and were you participating in the cigars? Was Michael passing out cigars to you? Uh, you The big seven-footer loves his cigars. We had a big cigar team. I wasn't a cigar person myself, but we did have a big cigar team. Um, And from my understanding, they were great cigars. But I wasn't a cigar guy, but our team was a a team, so they were – they were, let's say, uh, there's a lot of smoke in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we know, we know our, our our good friend, the seven footer. He loves his cigars, loves them. Oh, the, the big fella, you know, he was he, he was leading the charge. You know, he was leading the charge. <laughs> no doubt, big Bill Cartwright. I mean, still to this day, it's like, hey, you gotta go have a cigar with me. I say, nah, not my genre, man. And my clothes stink. Every time I'm done with him, my clothes stink. I gotta throw them away. Yeah, that's what I that's oh. what I don't like about cigars. You know, yeah. but you know, I, I but I'm not a cigar you know person so i i get it i get it you do your thing and uh but uh they do make your clothes smell you know for sure <laughs> and, and the laker i was referring to of course was mark madsen when he did that when he danced and he oh he's, he's, he's a stanford yeah, guy he, those stanford yeah, yeah. guys they can't dance <laughs> that was pretty funny though. but you think that a stanford Everybody guy would think were... would think that out a little better right right <laughs> yeah all right, man. Uh, we're getting ready for the Olympic Games here, and we haven't gotten your take too much on the Team USA roster. Everything that's going on. The team was here in Vegas. They had their training camp. They had four exhibition games going two and two. Relatively embarrassing. But this roster, BJ, I got to get your thoughts. When you look at this roster and you compare it to past rosters, what are you thinking? Well, you know, what I'm thinking is is the following. They have a, gr- a great roster. They have the best roster in the world when you look from top to bottom, without question, no doubt about it. Now, what we have to take into account, especially for us that's here in America, is that the rest of the world is getting better and better. And not only they're getting better, they've caught up now. Now it's a true 
you're talking the very best players in the world. And when you just look, just look at the MVP of the NBA over the last three years has been Giannis, Giannis, Jokic. Defensive player of the year is Rudy Gobert. So now they, when I say they, the rest of the world has caught up and they're closing the gap. And what you have to take into account is that it's a different game. The international game is a different game. And that 48-minute game that we're accustomed to watching here called the NBA doesn't matter in international play. So I think this roster has to come together very quickly because of COVID and because of the, you know, what's going on. And the rest of the world is ready to play. And they're, they're more, they're, they are more accustomed to playing that international game than our players. So I think they have an advantage heading into the Olympics. Hopefully our players will, will make an adjustment on the fly because they have the best roster one through 12. But in a 40-minute game, guys, anything can happen. So I think this will be highly contested. I still think our guys will come through, but it's going to be tough. And I don't think there should be any, like, you know, anyone can win this. But, if you know, I, I think our guys have the best roster, best team. But in a 40-minute game, like you watch in the NCAA, anything can happen at, at any given moment because the team can get hot. And, you know, it's, it's a different game. So we'll see how it turns out. Does it make it even that much more difficult, or is that just media talk, the fact that when every team plays the United States, that is the team that they are aiming for, and the other team is always going to give their best effort? Or in an Olympic situation, do those teams go out and give their best effort game in and game out? Well, many of these guys are already in the NBA. It's not like, you know, Spain, right, for instance. Ricky Rubio and... Yeah, they're not intimidated at all. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the the intimidation factor is gone. Like, when the 92 Dream Team... Played. I mean, maybe there was one or two other guys throughout the entire, you know, whole time they're playing over there that they would play against an NBA player. Okay, now every team probably will have two or three, especially in the medal rounds. Okay, you know, when they go to Australia and, and the teams, you know, when you look at that Nigerian team, they have like three or four guys that are currently now in the NBA. They may not be the star players like we have, but they have terrific players who are accustomed and, and just as good and effective playing international basketball. These teams that, that we're facing, not only are they better like you say, but these guys have played together for many, many years together, and this crop literally is still being thrown together. You're going to have three guys that are flying over tomorrow that aren't even going to have a practice before they get in their first Olympic game. So... I mean, talk about balance. I get all that. But when you add all of that up, it, it makes it sound like, you know, yeah, USA is not putting its best team out there. Well, guys, what this sounds like to me is you're saying, welcome to the pandemic. Everyone's facing something right now. And right now, we are facing, and I say we, the NBA, the rest of the world, because we're part of this, we're facing unusual times. And with this for various reasons, guys couldn't play. Guys missed games. You can see now COVID is a real issue. So you do the best you can under the circumstances. And right now we put together the best team that we can possibly put together without question. And working in this professional world during this time and building in the community out here in, in, in the Los Angeles greater area, we're all figuring this out. So – I get it as far as star power and things we've become accustomed to and, and guys can plan because these guys have family. 
These guys have commitments. These guys have things. And by the way, guys, we have a season that's literally right around the corner that's going to start at, at the, the middle, at the end of September. So there isn't a lot of time. The season just ended a couple of days ago. So for these guys to be playing in the NBA Finals, have to get on the plane 48 hours later to go compete, that's a phenomenal commitment. And then they got to come back here after that and get ready for the next season. After going, some of them have played in the bubble. Then they played last season. So we're all dealing with what we have to deal with. And I respect the fact of why guys couldn't play or why guys could play. And we're all going through it. So I just hope everyone that has an opportunity to participate in, in the Olympics, that those guys stay safe, everyone's safe, and everyone can return back safe. But it's, it's a phenomenal event for them to pull this off and get guys there who are healthy can play to represent the country and compete at the highest level because it's truly an honor to have an opportunity to compete in the Olympics and represent your countries from all around the world. Yeah, I just want to throw in here real quick, too, that when I asked that question before about getting the best shot on that, I wasn't talking about intimidation of the other countries. I just meant that, you know, like on your Bulls teams, when the Bulls came into town, everybody wanted to beat them because they were the best. When the USA is playing in the Olympics, everybody wants to beat them because it's the USA. But when you're talking about people not going to the Olympics, how much of a factor do you think it comes into it that, like you mentioned, the pandemic of going over to Tokyo, and they just got out of a bubble situation last year in the playoffs, and now they're volunteering to go kind of into another bubble in the Olympics, maybe some guys are just, you know what, we've had enough of the bubble life. Well, again, you know what, I don't know if there is a total how we agree on how to handle the stress and things that we're going through. So, you know, you just do the best you can. And right now we're all going through this. And, you know, when you have family and you have kids and and responsibilities and accountability. And by the way, you know, the season's about to start, so forth and so on. I get it. Like, to me, I understand if you you can't, you know, you, you can't participate. I understand that. It's just, you know, it's time. It's commitment. So, again, you know what? Everyone has to make their own decision, and I'm respectful of that. And I respect the fact of the young people who committed to this. Because this takes a tremendous commitment because this is not only an effort to participate, but it's an effort to get here because of the pandemic and all the other things that's going around or going on in the world right now. So um, we'll see. I know the, the you know, I, I know the dedication that many of these athletes put through. They put you know, they've been prepared for this for years. And um, so we'll see how it you know, how it happens, but Again, I just want to be respectful for the decisions that were made because there's a lot goes on behind the scenes that we as the fans don't have an opportunity to see. Well said, uh, my friend. And exactly, a lot of people don't take into account the schedule. And that schedule is ridiculous because, again, it, it's a continuation from where it was last year you know, in, in the bubble in Florida and continuous. And, no, it's, it's crazy. And now to, to travel to another country under pandemic conditions where basically you're going to a country that has a state of emergency with no fans. I mean, no, it's, it is insane. It's crazy. And like you said, you got training camp, you know, literally probably about, you know, seven, eight weeks away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's the one thing that's just amazing. Because I was thinking about it today. I was like, we have any, you know, we just got done with the season. The draft is like literally next week. Then we have free agency, summer league, and then the season's about to start. Like, literally, these guys are just going to play year-round, basically. Those, all of those players. 
they're just going to play year-round. And I get it. You know, the, these are our heroes, but there's a human element to this. At some point, you know, you got to say enough is enough. you got to sit down for a little bit. So um, this is a huge, huge commitment. And those guys who are playing in the Olympics, you know, and I, I was thinking about Kevin Durant just the other day. I was thinking, okay, here's a guy that's coming off a significant injury. He's going to go straight to the Olympics. And then the season's going to start. And then you got 82 games next year. Like I was like, wow, that's that's a that's a big time commitment. I'm sure he's you know thought it through, but that's a lot of stress on the body, and not a, and not even talking about the mental stress, just the physical stress. So, you know, let's just hope that these guys can come through safely and um, and get through it. All right, uh, BJ Numchuk uh, got some got some old video footage here. It's talking about parades and the championships. And lo and behold, what do we have here on our on our big screen? Is we got BJ Armstrong celebrating in the Bulls locker room, I believe, after the '91 championship. And he's already cracking up here. I mean, you got a nice little hottie on your arms there in the locker room. Do tell who is that little hottie that you got? Uh, I have no idea. I, I can't. I can't. I can't remember yesterday. You're asking me now. You're going back what thirty years ago. See, that's why. That's why I heard you laughing. I said, "Does he know where we're going with this? Does he? <laughs> How do these girls get in the locker? I thought it was just like family and friends there, BJ. What's wow, going on? I have no, TC I, I Martin have driving no, the, the parade have... bus and throwing BJ under it. Not at all. Not at all. I'm having fun with my man. We're in the front seat. We're hawking the horn, man. <laughs> that's funny that's funny oh man one thing too the nba summer league these players are going to get the nice beds in the in the hotels out here in vegas not the cardboard beds that they have in tokyo yeah you ever slept on a cardboard <laughs> bed before uh bj because that's what you got I, in tokyo I, not, I was i was reading about that and uh i was like okay we'll see how that fits and uh we'll see how that works but it was interesting it's just you know, it's just it's a different world. So I'm open to ideas. I was reading about it, and now you know why they're having it, though. Do you understand? Yeah, the... that's what that's what caught my attention. You know, that's <laughs> right. what caught my attention. I was like, okay, what, uh, let me just see how this works. You know, again, I'm I'm old, so. I'm just trying to get adjusted to this new world we live in. Yeah, there's having it so that nobody has a little hottie on his arm in the locker room. There it is. <laughs> they're, de- they're trying to detour sex between the athletes. And I've never known Keep a- the scoring on the court. Yeah, yeah. A cardboard <laughs> bed is going to keep that down? I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting solution to a perceived problem. Yeah, well played. I like that. Good stuff, my man. All right, real quick, uh, USA-France, who you got on Sunday? USA. Okay. okay but, I'm, I'm going with our guys. I'm going with our guys. Of course That's you that. got to. You got to. You know? yeah, I'm going with our guys. So, you know, it's, it's all about the pride now, and I'm, 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 with, I'm with USA all the way. You see, you mentioned Rudy Gobert. You, you got him. That's who you're going against on, on Sunday. Uh, hey, Rudy is – Rudy is – I saw Rudy play in the World Championships, I, I believe it was, a couple of years ago. Rudy is terrific in international play because they can play zone and, and he, you know, he, he literally plays zone now in the NBA, but he can really play the zone. So I think it's going to be – you know, I, I, he's really effective in the international play, but I'm still going with the USA. I think we'll find a way to play small and uh, bring him out and hopefully we'll exploit that matchup as well. All right, my man. We appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, enjoy. All and, right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be watching. 
Okay. Hey, keep the funk alive. Keep the funk alive. We're keeping the funk alive, man. And like I said, we're now we're watching, we're listening to the funk, and we're looking at 1991 uh, video of you in the Big Sub Funk. Cut that video off. Cut that video off. You so early in games in this series? Yeah, I was just out there. What's my help? Oh, yeah. We see this is what happens. This is live radio. You get you get a producer, and sometimes he's he's out of control, man. So yeah, we're we'll definitely edit that part out. How's that? Oh, please do. Please do. (laughs) Nothing like great editing. Nothing like great editing. There you go, my man. All right. Great stuff, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. There he is. All right. B.J. Armstrong. We'll talk to him more uh, during the course of these Olympic Games as well. Team USA, the men's and the women's side, trying to go for gold once again. How many uh, media members are going to try to uh, interview Rudy Gobert? Oh, wow. Wow. You know, none of this stuff will be in person, as we know. It's all... Be via Zoom. So at least it's hands off everybody's equipment. Yeah, I know. Just <laughs> what a nightmare. Talk about full circle. We're getting right back to that. Talk again. about don't embarrass yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as I'm just wondering, still, I mean, during the course of the pandemic, and even lingering on to this year, I was thinking, you know, what are some of these NBA players still think about Rudy Gobert? And of course, what you're referring to is when he, you know, started touching all the microphones. And then Donovan Mitchell was one of the first to get COVID, and that put the NBA on the on pause. That stopped it, shut it down, going back last year. So I'm just wondering, you know, some of these guys, now they're playing against them internationally for your country. You kind of want to stick it to Rudy Gobert still? Maybe a little, maybe a little extra elbow in the rib cage or That's something. I'm thinking, you know? yeah, a little trash talking I mean, maybe. You have the wider lane. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Get away with a little more is what you're saying. Get him down low. All right, uh, we come back. Uh, we got more for you. We got some Major League b- Baseball tonight as well to uh, touch a little bit more upon this uh, college uh, story regarding Oklahoma and Texas opting to go to the SEC. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be at Sunset Station, the STN mobile app studio. Chuck Esposito, our good friend over at Sunset Station, will be uh, joining us as well. Always fun over there as get ready for another uh, busy weekend. And you know what's going to be taking place Saturday? And uh, I believe Frank and I are going to go check it out. It is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Raiders softball game, the charity softball game. The first one was a lot of fun. It was two years ago. Yeah. And obviously last year they did not play. And uh, our, our good friend Brian Salmon, who uh, played actually in that game, and uh, was talking to B. Sal the other night and uh, said, hey, we're going to probably come out there and check it out. He goes, well, I'm not going to be playing. I go, what's the dealio? He goes, well, our, our, our station isn't involved because they were the television sponsor last time, so they invited him to play. Is he going to be the base running coach? So, <laughs> so that's exactly <laughs> what I said to him. He goes, yeah. Really disappointed, this and that, blah, 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 our station, blah, blah, blah. that's not, you know, that's why I'm not playing. And what I said to him was, you know, had more to do with your base running. <laughs> and, of course, you could, you could think about the response that I got from him after I said that. Right? Yeah, I, I, I can think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's true. They didn't, they, they didn't want him. <laughs> he did have a lot of fun in the game, though. I mean, everybody kind of did. Yeah. I've been, I played in, in those fact, games before. In fact, B-Cell was talking to, yeah. Yeah, B-Cell was, uh, he was talking to Ryan Reeves about it. 
on on his uh, show the other day, and that, and they were talking. And Reba oh, they brought kind of, it back up again two years later, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. They, they, I mean, they, they weren't necessarily talking about the base running that, but Reeves was just like he asked him if he was going to be in the home run derby. He says, no, "I'm going to keep it to the younger guys this year." Ryan Reeves was just enjoying himself out there, uh, drinking some of those seven five beverages that he had around. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, this weekend at the Vegas uh, ballpark. You've got. Uh, I believe it's a sold out with uh, standing room tickets still maybe available, but I don't know if there's even anything available for that. Yeah. So uh, you know, Riley Smith kind of spearheads this thing. Yeah, Riley Smith yeah. is the guy too, and, and and I remember the first year he the first game that they had, he was like, I haven't hit a baseball in forever, so he said I might go to the cages or something, and uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's a good amount of the Raider players, a lot of them, and and I believe Nate Schmidt's coming back for this too. Is uh, they, they say that he's a decent ball player, and of course former Golden Knight, but uh, you know certainly a fan favorite. It'd be nice to see Nate back on the you know back with the guys again too. Right. So, uh, yeah, Riley Smith, I uh, know how much uh, he likes the event. I, I think we both, on our separate shows two yeah. years ago, we yeah. interviewed him. And, and, and it's for it that fun. charity in that, too. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, advantage who? When you look at the roster for the Golden Knights versus the Raiders, advantage who? Well, it depends, on, it depends on if they enforce the rules this year. Yeah. Because in the first one, the Raiders won, but they kind of cheated. <laughs> they, they stacked the batting order, they changed things around, and they admitted after the game that they cheated to get the win. So we'll, we'll see how uh, diligent they are about keeping the rules. I will say, though, it's fun to see some of these guys. Some of these guys can really just hammer a softball and it's always interesting to see. You see it at the at the Aviator games, but when softballs are going out of the ballpark and hitting City National Arena right behind, it's kind of impressive. It is. Uh, I know Conseco was in the uh, first one as well, and he was just bombing some uh, some shots. Yeah, especially for guys that you know. A lot of these guys didn't play baseball or softball, you know, growing up. For sure, for a, a lot of the guys, especially I think a lot of the hockey players. You know, and even some of the football players, you look at them and he's like, yeah. I mean, we see some really bad at bats. And we go back to the celebrity softball game that we saw after the All Star game, you know, that, you know, last week. Yes, and, hopefully these, ba- these oh. bases will be safe for people yeah. to run around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, that, that is, you're going to have the exact same scenario again because you're going to have the bases, probably the throwdown bases on the, in, on the grass part of the infield because you're playing on a, on a baseball field, so we'll with the snow fence out there that you're not a big uh, fan of, but that, that's going to be in the outfield. Yeah. So, but but the real the real thing is when these guys do hit the shots and they go out of the actual ballpark, not just into yes. the outfield. That would be a routine because fly that in a is, baseball game, exactly because that is a softball that you are launching. You know, three hundred eighty, three hundred ninety feet. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a impressive. shot. That's yeah. a shot. If you go down the line and you pull it, you know, you might be hitting like three thirty five, three forty to get over the fence. So. No, that's big-time shots. Big-time shots. Uh, and, again, not for guys that play much softball. So, yeah, it's impressive. So, it'll be fun. You looking forward to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a great time because the, the fans enjoy themselves, the players, you get the camaraderie. And, again, because it's for a charity as well. So, I mean, you know, anything that, uh, that helps charities and helps uh, those less fortunate than that. And, it's a, like I say, it, it's a big event. And how many times did they show that on Channel 3 last year? I mean, yeah. they must have showed the replay of that thing uh, three or four times or whatever. And, and there's a reason for it because it was, it was a fun event, and I'm sure it will be once again this year. And I'm always curious to see who else might be there as well because I remember last year, it, well, not last year, but the first game a couple years ago uh when uh, uh megan olivia uh, the 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 mna the the mma announcer and you know 
uh, she was playing in it. And she she accorded herself very well. And then you might have some MMA fighters or something. So it's also curious to see who else in the community they can, they can get in there to be part of this. All right. Uh, looking forward to it. Are, are you going to partake in, in some food at the ballpark? Because you always hear me talk about the food at the ballpark. I know you're not a ballpark guy food. I didn't last time. Yeah. You know. I mean, generally yeah. when I go to an event like that, I eat before I go. I know. I, yeah. I think and, you got to try it out, man. I think you got you to you try out some of the food there. You, you got you to support those guys, and uh, the food usually is pretty good. Well, now, I, I will admit, last time I was also fortunate enough that I worked my way down on the field, and once I was down there, I wasn't going to leave. So, All right. You know, I mean, if I can get down on the field, I'm not leaving that, that spot. All right. So speaking of which, uh, the breaking news hits, and I do believe that we've got our guy. Our sports director at News 3, Brian Salmon, who we were just speaking about. B. Sal, what's going on? Uh-oh, what is happening? I, I don't even want to ask if you're, talking, if you're talking about a softball game, so I already know that you're just bumping your gums. <laughs> bumping your gums. We're just trying, to cover, all, we're like just trying to cover all the bases, Brian. <laughs> Frank, yeah, yeah. No one's going to even talk about the fact that I made a nice, nice catch out in center field. You made a nice catch out there. Every, and, and I mentioned every, I that you had Ryan Reeves time. on the other day. Yeah, your friends give you some love. I've been promoting your, your show. The, you know, you got to check you out on Channel 3 all the time doing the sports. Yeah, you and Ryan Reeves were talking about this the other day, right? You were talking about this softball game coming up, right? Yeah, we absolutely were. So, yeah, you know what? I guess I got to take the good with the bad, right? That's right. You, you, you got to. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I've, I've lived yeah, your nah. I lived your moment before. I, I told you before I lived your moment. I you mean, did. I, I did. I was I was doing I was track I was I was running track and I, I was the cocky guy and I started coasting. But the only difference was I was in fourth grade and I didn't have about fifteen thousand people <laughs> watching me like like you did two years ago. <laughs> oh, and, and you didn't you didn't also uh, you didn't follow that up. With an hour-long television special Correct. That, that highlighted that mistake as well? Did right. you do that either? No, I just got to face my parents who were at the, the track and field match and, and were scolding me afterwards. Like, you cocky little kid, what are you doing? You don't do that. But did, you, you, take learn this did you learn your lesson? Yeah, I learned my lesson. Oh, well, my because gosh. some people repeat the same mistakes yeah. over and over. You, you you didn't Leon led it the rest of your life. No, I just quit track right after that and I started focusing on baseball. There it was. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I, I like where Frank is going with that because that happened in my very first at-bat. So my second at-bat, when I ripped a hit as well, I made sure I didn't do anything dumb like I did the first time, and uh, I stayed on the base. So. Yeah. See, I learned my life, but no one remembers that. No one remembers that. No one remembers that. No, no, I mean, yeah, no one remembers that. We're bringing it up. Every other media member that sees you brings it up. That's it. And just for our I listeners know. that don't know what we're talking about, we're going to have to let them know us. We have to paint the picture, B Sal. And we're talking two years oh, ago, wow. the charity softball game wow. that we're talking about this Saturday. Brian Salmon is, is is playing, gets a nice little hit, rounds first, takes a pretty wide turn, and what's he doing? He's walking back to the bag. He's doing the old, like, tipping the cap, waving to the crowd. This is my time. <laughs> this is my moment. Oh, let's throw behind the runner, tag him, and the umpire says, you go on! Oh, man. I'm having I'm having nightmares about that right now. I, it's your anniversary. You should believe that happened. What's that? It's your anniversary, so you know it's uh, 
Yeah. You know, it's my anniversary. Really? You're going to Tony, Tony, Tony on me right now, there, right? There you no, go. Sure. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, it's yeah. your anniversary. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's there you. we go. There we go. Your two-year anniversary. He couldn't pull that one up fast enough, but yeah, that's one of my, one of my favorite joints, man. Oh, okay. 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 All right, a go ahead, Peace out. That's it. Go ahead. Describe it. Describe it right now since this is your anniversary and you got your song. Describe what happened, Brian Salmon. Uh, well, first of all, I, I went up to the uh, plate and Dan Dave Bruce, the announcer for no, the No, Vegas no, 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 stop. Night. I want to hear, I want to see you get in the Tony, Tony, Tony mood. Give me a little, a little rhythmic uh, delivery here. Come on, Peace out. Get the music going. Uh, I was about to sing it, but I didn't think you didn't want me to. Sing what happened. Getting right up to first base, it was my anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) It's our anniversary. I love this song, man. I really do. I know. We'll we'll, we'll keep it going. Anniversary. So you're saying that uh, you're saying uh, Bruce Kosick uh, was was you're going to blame him for this? No, no. On the way to the plate, Bruce called me Ron Burgundy as a joke when he announced my name to the crowd. Oh. And so I'm going to blame him. And that's why I was hot dogging when I rounded the base because I was I was trying to I was in my Ron Burgundy character. Well, here's the deal. You know uh. why he called you that? It has nothing to do with you know you being as bad as Ron Burgundy in the movie or looking like him. Obviously, that is because you dress like Ron Burgundy with that burgundy <laughs> suit that we always see you in. That, spot on, right, Frank? Are you just going to call it the Ron Burgundy suit now? There it is. I always <laughs> the have. The Ron Burgundy suit with the Mark Andre Fleury flower? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man, if you can play this song every time. I, I, I really, really love this. That's like one of my favorite songs. And Tony, Tony, Tony is definitely my favorite R&B group, man. Really. Hey, uh, they got Ooh. they got Northern California roots, as you know, man. So, uh, hey, from the Bay, baby, they're from Oakland. Right. They are from Oakland. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll invite yeah. you. I'll invite you the next time we do uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. Well, okay, they, they they might as well do a residence here in Vegas, a residency here in Vegas, since everything from Oakland's coming down here now. I know, <laughs> man. Actually, I've seen Raphael Sadiq and Tony, Tony, Tony in concert in Las Vegas before. And but you're right, though. Goodness gracious, man. The A's. If the A's come here. I mean, we all know what's going on and everything else, but if they actually come here, I, I believe that they're coming here when they actually come here. <laughs> you know, I understand. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I do understand that, but when you really start peeling back the onions of one of these, that's, that's stupid cliche, it really looks like they are. Because when that vote went down in Oakland the other day and it came back and they said, okay, we'll proceed 6-1, to one, uh, but it was a revised proposal. It was a counter proposal, and the A's yeah. said, "You know, no, thank you." So by them saying no, thank you, Oakland's done. They're 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 that that history is now over. And now, where's the next chapter going to be? And then you start looking at cities like Portland or maybe New Orleans and places like that. I don't know, but it's Vegas, not in New Orleans. Vegas, yeah. I know Vegas makes all the sense in the world. It does make all the sense not just because the Raiders are here but the proximity the relationship they have they know uh the city so well because you know for the second year now they're they're with the aviators it just makes all the sense in the world Bissell I think they are coming man I TC we talked about this and I, I kind of go back and forth but I just do not see I do not see a 30,000 seat 
stadium doing well for baseball here in Las Vegas personally, man. But if, say, 15,000 to to 20, maybe. But I don't know. The boys of summer and retractable roof, unless the stadium is on the strip somewhere where people that are out-of-towners can get there. But you can't sell a – I don't believe you can sell – uh, we'll see 162 games. What's that in half? What's that, 81? No, 81 home games. games. But here's the deal. You're going to build a stadium that's about 40,000 because that's the, the norm for Major League ballparks nowadays. It's going to be picturesque. It's going to have the honeymoon period, you know, just like uh, the Golden Knights had with T-Mobile and all that sort of thing. But here's what you're going to get. You're going to get it because you can't compare it to minor league baseball because you're getting Bryce Harper coming into town. You're going to get all the superstars coming into town. Otani's coming to town, especially look at these interdivision rivals. You get the Astros and Altuve. All the, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you are going to get thirty to 40,000 fans. You definitely will. And especially if the A's continue to be good, which they have been for the better part of the last decade. Yeah, I, I think it works, man. I do. That's, that's, a good, that's a good sell. So with that being said, what do you say percentage-wise of the fans that are in that stadium watching? Local to... Um, to uh, non-local. I think it's all relative to what we have here right now with the Golden Knights and the Raiders and even the Aviators. I, I say 80%, 75 to 80%. And you'll have season ticket holders will jump on this. And, uh, 75% local? Yes, 75% local. Wow, supporting that. Yeah. yeah. You know, in baseball, I mean, baseball is a big sport here. I don't know. I, mean, I go back and forth. I, I'd love to see it. You know, whether or not I think it'll do well, I would still love to see it. Obviously, I work here. I love Vegas. It's the best sports town in the country, in my opinion, if you consider cost of living and everything, the sports and all that stuff. Weather, to me, it's tops by far. All right, man. By I, far. To be, hey, I think I got a great idea. To be continued on Sunday sports night. You and I. That's to be continued, brother. Uh, we, we should definitely do that, although the Olympics are coming up, man. So yep. Sports Night's taking a hiatus for the Olympics. We're not going to have any Sports Night right. during the Olympics. All right, brother. Hey, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. We'll let you get back to work. Look for B-Sal. He's coming up tonight. News 3. Go catch him. Dang, I was, Six, looking, 10, forward, I was looking forward to seeing your guys matching flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <That's late. laughs> yeah. You, we can do that during the week, maybe. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk to you later, man. All right, you guys be good, man. Frankie and TC, that's up. Good work. Tony, Tony, Tony. That's it. B-Sal, B-Sal, B-Sal. All right, you missed any part of the show, go to the website. I want to thank BJ Armstrong, Matthew Holt, Brian Salmon for joining us. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com.